Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Nashon. It's your boy, Caleb. And welcome to Winning in Life, man. Today, we got a special guest all the way from... So, I'm from Tampa, but I live in Nashville, Tennessee now, so I came out for Tennessee for this. Oh, okay. Bet. Yes, yeah, sir. My name is Zanti, and uh, like I said, I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. I do music. I'm honored to be here. Thank you all for having me. Of course. Of course, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah. Caleb's my boy. He's been supportive since the jump. So he said he had a podcast. I checked it out. Y'all are tough. So I was like, all right, bet. Let's <laughs> make it happen. You, man. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Appreciate you. Amen. Zanti Z, man. You know, we go way back. Yeah, you know? for real. Yeah, you so came what, along. what happened? Sorry. Yeah, man. go ahead. No. Yeah, like what happened? How did you guys meet? Yeah, so um, we, it was funny because I had this music video shoot that was set up in 2017. It was my first music video that I'd ever done. And um, I'd invited people to be in it and stuff. And I was in the mall and uh, me and my brother were there. And I just felt like, you know, I believe in God. And I just I just kind of felt this feeling like, you know, what, I think I should go into that store. And I just went with it. And then I met him and I was like, hey, bro, we got this video shoot coming up. You trying to be in it? And it was like we had never met each other before. But I was just thinking, I got to get as many people as I can. But what's funny is that was my first video shoot. And not a lot of people believed in the vision at the time. And so him, another guy that I had met at the the mall, and then my brother were the only people who showed. Hmm. And that ended up being the video with 11 million views that kind of like started my career. Jeez. So it's like, I just, I know God does everything for a reason. And Caleb was one of the people who believed and was able to be there. And that was in 2017. And it was funny as every show or every video that I've had that's been in Tampa since, every time he's been supportive, he'll, he'll pop up and show love. Yeah. So it's like... It's the first time he really asked me for something. I was like, hey, what do you think about the podcast? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. That's that's a that's a great story, man. That's a great brother. For real. Man. For Sorry, real. Man. What, that's now, so that was 2017. So we're in 2023 six now, years. Bro. Six, six years. Six, six years is crazy. Six years. Uh, that's that wild. Dude. How old are you Grandin. I'm 24. I just turned 24 uh, like last weekend. Oh, okay. oh no. yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Bruh, happy late birthday. What, Thank what, you, bro. What day? May 21st. Bruh. You know, his is the 25th and I'm the 20th. Bro, see, it's this. a good company. Let's go. <laughs> this is the birthday podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yo, and this is, man. we're in May 27th? Yeah. Today's May 27th? I think it's the 28th. Yeah, when we recorded this. So, yeah, it's our birthday month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Z, what made you... um? First of all, yeah, just go to your childhood until now. Like, you yeah. know, how did you discover your purpose, your mission? And uh, what made you want to, you know, pursue this passion of yours and mission and yeah, purpose? Um, I feel like I just figured this out this year. That purpose is kind of the exact combination of your stories and your gifts. So if somebody who's watching this or listening to this is trying to figure out how do I find my calling? How do I find my purpose? Literally grab a piece of paper and write down your stories and write down your gifts. Because my gifts were to make music. Like that was what came the most naturally to me. That was was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, but I didn't really, you know, my childhood, I grew up doing music, um, learning it and, you know, grew up in the church and always was involved in music there as well. And then when I got into high school, I was passionate about music, but I wasn't really sure how to move forward on it. And um, I started to, in my in my personal life, I started to more and more have the courage to stand up for what I believed in my faith in God. And when I kind of looked at like everything that I had been through, 
I was thinking to myself, okay, if I take what I've been through in my stories and I put them in these songs, maybe there's somebody else who will relate to that. I wish that there were some songs that talked about this, this, and this, and I wish there were some songs that sounded like this, so let me make that. And kind of, I answered a question that I was asking, and then it turns out there were other people who were also asking that question. So my mission statement when I started was to make music people want with a message that they need. And um, that's to this day, that's still what I'm doing because from literally, I started, wrote my first song at age 10. And this was all here in Florida. I wrote my song in the first song at age 10, learned how to produce when I was 14. And then when I was 17, turning 18, we did that music video and everything kind of started. Um, it's been a journey of me taking my gifts and my stories and putting them together. Um, I feel like I've always, you know, I'd always felt like an outsider. I'd always felt like I was different and I'd always had kind of that hunger to succeed. And then I realized there's more people who are like that than I realized. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're having this conversation right now. There's a lot of people who maybe don't necessarily fit in or don't have a place to belong when they're growing up. And they decide, you know what, I want to be the one who changes my family. I want to have somewhere to belong. And uh, I want to wow. make it. So I started putting those messages into songs, bro. And it just I kind of figured it out as I went. God opened the doors. That's powerful, mm -hmm. man. And, and people really need to know that. And people need to know that, you know, that they can really change their family. They can change their schools. They can, you know, with God's help, break generational curses, man. You know, especially in, you know, like black communities, you know, people are disillusioned. They got, you know, generations upon generation of, you know, poverty and you know all sorts of things. And no matter where you are, where you come from, like you can change your situation. You can change like your whole life. So I think one of the most important questions you can start asking yourself is like, why not me? Because mm -hmm. I've, I, for the longest, I don't know why, but when I would see certain success or I would see certain achievements, I just kind of always understood like, oh, well, that's, that's them. Right. Like that couldn't, I don't know why, but there was like a disconnect. Like it couldn't be me. And um, I started to, I started to kind of like reprogram my mind is like, you know what? Maybe I could be the one who inspires somebody else to feel like they could do it too, you know? And um, like you said, like every single person, regardless of like what they've been told their whole lives, maybe those the stories that they carry could be the exact thing someone needs to hear. So it's like, you have to step up and take responsibility and say, my story, somebody else needs that because they won't make it without me. Sometimes if you, you know, like it might not be enough to go do it for yourself, but find somebody else like, man, my, my sister or my brother might need me to do this or, you know, my community needs me to do this or my family needs me to do this. And like those stories can be the reason why somebody else gets inspired and we kind of have to push through the pain. Like you're 100 percent right, bro. The generational curses have to fall. The the you know, the situations that have held us back for years, we could be the ones to change it. And a lot of times it just it takes that belief that God could use us. And maybe our stories and our gifts are necessary to somebody else. I always say it's, it's bigger than us. Yeah. So it's about before you leave this earth, it's about having an impact, mm -hmm. a good, positive impact. Like I was saying earlier, if you want to be a role model to a generation, the role models. Because mm -hmm. that's we lack that. I mean, obviously, the more we get towards the end times, the more worse things get, you know? Yeah. yeah. So... And then having that positive influence can just, it changes so many people's lives, you know. They're like, oh, you know, I can be whoever I want to be or, you know, you know, I can follow God or, you know what I mean, stuff like that. 
So like, it's about, you know, being the best person that you can be for yourself and for everyone else around you. Yeah. And for your family, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, when you think about it, purpose really isn't like, yes, it's a reason for us to live, but purpose isn't just for like us. It literally is using our talents and abilities for other people. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a, I know you guys know Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Of course. And in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he says that people will do so much for their cats and their dogs. <laughs> like they'll go to the vet, they'll spend all this money like just to make sure they're taken care of, but they won't, you know, go to the gym. They won't, you know, eat healthy foods. And he was trying to say that a lot of times we'll do so much more for other people. But mm-hmm. sometimes if we're just being selfish, we'll be like, oh, no, this is fine. Like I'm content with my own life. Mm. But if we think about, yo, if this was my sister, if this was my brother, if this was my friend, like, nah, I need to step it up because right. I want to make sure, you know, they don't go through this or if they need help, like, I'm there for them. Yeah, that's really good. It makes me think of too. I forget where I heard it, but um, it's almost like if you if you don't follow through on things that are that are good for you or that benefit you and your calling, it's a lack of self respect. It's like if you have a job, you're going to be at the job because you ultimately respect that company enough to believe they'll fire you if you're not there, or you know if somebody needs something from you, you do it out of you know a respect or like somebody says hey can you meet me for lunch at this time and you go there out of respect for them but you're not waking up at the time that you said you wanted to wake up because you have a lack of self-respect or you're not following through on the thing you said you want to do it's like you're thinking about everybody else first Mm -hmm. but you said something interesting it's selfish to think of everybody first out of obligation it's selfless to pursue your calling to help others Mm. So like the actually the best gift you can give to the world is figure out what your unique gift and stories mm-hmm. are and then work as hard as you can to fine tune that to give it to others. Because right. I can't tell you, bro, there's been so many times where somebody's come up to me and be like, this specific song got me through or this specific wow. song helped me. The only reason that happens is because I got out of the way and asked God to use my stories and, and my gifts as the as the way to share those stories and then somebody else needed it. But... If I was insecure or afraid of failure to take the step, then they would have never got that story. And imagine they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gotten the help they needed. So you could be in a job, you could be in school, you could be in your family, you could be in your friend group, you could be at the gas station or the grocery store. People around you need you. Right. It doesn't have to be on a microphone mm. like us right now, even. It could just be in daily conversation. It could be them seeing you make it. You could have little siblings who need to see you make it. Right. To feel like they can make it too. But that all starts with understanding that your stories have value and your gifts have value and you are responsible to give those to the world. Wow. That's fire, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, podcast is a wrap. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> no, but that, that was that was some honest fact. And what I realized too, like I have a lot of people like that be like, oh yo. Halo, I see what you're doing. Thank you. Inspiring me and stuff like that. Like, you never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know? And I learned a lot of times uh, your biggest supporters are the people that you don't even know sometimes. Wow. Yeah. You just, like, Bro, you, you've been in every video and show <laughs> that I had and I didn't know you until the day of the shoot. <laughs> like, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> then, see, 
Yeah, <laughs> that's real. That's real right there. Yeah. So like, you know, a lot of times, you know, it'd be the people that's closest to you that don't support you. Mm. A lot of times the people that you don't know like that, that the biggest supporters. So like, with every action that we take, we never know who's watching us. Exactly. Yeah. Especially the younger generation. For real, for real. And it's, it's people too, like, I think we need to get that perspective. Like, social media has... It's a it's a huge blessing to grow a business, to grow a movement, but it also has warped our perspective of humans. And what I mean by that is like, I I, I remember just this week, like, put up a post. I'm seeing stuff that's having these massive numbers, and then I'm like, if one of them doesn't do as well, I'm like disappointed. Like, oh man, right. we I got to work harder to get that up. And I'm thinking to myself, like, say you have five likes, that's a full car of human beings. But we don't think about it like that. We're like, oh man, oh, wow. only five. That. Yeah. But that's like a car full. Like, hey man, the middle seat guy is like uncomfortable. Like that's that many people. Yeah. Imagine like if you've got like even like a hundred people. A hundred people would like not be able to fit in this room. But like if a hundred people like something or see something, that's a massive chance for impact. I'll never forget. So one of my close friends. Shout out to Ray Owens. That's my boy. But um, he told me something that blew my mind. I posted on my story after I got out of the gym. And I said something quick that I was thinking about. Because I like to listen to like sometimes like motivational stuff on YouTube when I'm working out. And I, I just said it like on my story. I was like, man, you know, I really didn't want to go to the gym today. But I just, it's doing the stuff you don't want to do. And being consistent. Exactly. Right? That was just my story. You know, I was I was tired. I was sweaty. It wasn't doctored up. It wasn't like a cool post or whatever. And I honestly felt self self conscious after I put it up of like, oh, this doesn't really match the aesthetic of what I've been doing this week, right? Like, because I think about all the details or whatever. Right, yeah. But I just like I put it up, bro. Ray started his weight loss journey because of that, not because of any formulated post. Like, he has lost so many pounds. Like, you wouldn't even be able to recognize. And he's put in so much work. But he told me that was the catalyst. And I can't even comprehend the fact that like, it's just like one little moment, like something that I learned that I just shared. And then he went on a, a six, seven month journey that drastically changed his life. Wow. Because that was just like that little push. Like, you know what? I do need to do what I don't want to do. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's just like, how many times do we have those opportunities how many times do we have a cashier that we could just smile at mm. and just tell them, hey, thank you so much for being so kind today. Or like, hey, I hope you have a great day. Like, how how many times can we go the extra mile? Right. And like, just like people need us. You know, they need to see us win. They need to see us be kind. They need to see us just be who we're called to be. So I think I think like when we really think about the impact that we could have, like you said, there's you never know who's watching. That five people who like a post... Or that, you know, that one room, you know, you got, I don't know, like a school talent show or something. You have no idea who the person watching is or who the person working right. is. Like, you don't know who that is or what opportunities are connected to that. That's so, so again, you're responsible to give what you give to the world. This is a story. I've said it before on the podcast, but I'll, I'll say it again because you haven't heard the story. Mm-hmm. He knows the story. But so I used to have a professor because uh, this college, um, she used to teach public speaking. And she was telling us how it's always good to say hi to everybody because you never know who you're going to meet mm-hmm. or you never know who you're going to impact. And she was telling me that she there was this young lady 
that was, you know, trying to get this internship at this big corporation. And this young lady was in the elevator with one of the top executives, but she didn't know that. Hmm. And they said, and she said, oh, hi, Miss whatever, how are you doing? And the lady was like, oh, wow, no one ever says hi to me in the elevator. Are you looking for a job to intern? And that was literally <laughs> what she was looking for. What? And she ended up getting just because she said hi. Imagine if she was rude. Imagine if she didn't say rude or just whatever. She or didn't say anything. anything. Yeah, or didn't say anything. That's wild. And, and that was like her career dream job she wanted. There's something that I talk about with my team and that I try to remember. And it's not easy. By no means is it easy. But it's something that I try to like be conscious of. Every moment matters. Like the second that just passed, we never get back. Facts. So like that moment drastically changed her life. Right. Right. In that story. And um the moment where I put that up on my Instagram story, and this was before I had a lot of followers too. He was one of my friends who saw it. It wasn't even like, you know, oh, he, you know, big following and it reached somebody. Like it was, it was one of my homies. Right. But like, you just, every single moment matters. And I think too many of us live on autopilot. I know I spent years living on autopilot. You just kind of wake up and you go through the motions. And I think recently, like, I really feel like my journey in music has been long since like 2017, right? But like I went through a couple years where I was kind of on autopilot. I feel like in 2021, I just like woke up and was like, I got to be intentional about everything. And I've seen so much growth personally, emotionally, mentally, and just in my life situation since I started taking everything serious all the time. People will tell you to be realistic. Forget that. Like realistic is a ridiculous word because it's basically a nice way to say like you should settle. Why would I be realistic? What if my goals are massive? And then worst case scenario, you hit something like, what, what do they say? Like aim for the moon. Yeah, if you yeah. miss, you land on stars or something like that. Yeah. You'll be out there somewhere. <laughs> but like the reality is, is like, you know, I just I just feel like every every single moment matters. Like the internship thing. Like if, you, if you're realistic or you do what normal people do, it'd probably be like, Oh, you don't really talk in elevators. Like, don't make it awkward for the stranger. <laughs> like, but, but you know, you're in the elevator, and then you're like, press that button. That's the only thing you say. Right? Just, yeah. Everybody's quiet. Yeah, press one, and then you're back to just standing there. For real, I feel like there's like an unspoken rule of like, don't talk to anyone in the elevator. Yeah, right. You know, kind of stay in your side of the space and don't. <laughs> you just gotta go in an elevator one time and just face the wall and not say anything <laughs> the whole time. No. But, uh, but isn't that I guess like an unspoken thing I guess in like American society just you know kind of wake up and just stay in your little cubicle just do your little thing yeah. like, don't mess with anybody don't talk to anybody else you know and you can't like you're saying like you can't set up like you know what I don't want to be realistic I actually want to do something and start a business or make music even if I fail but it's Ooh, worth it that's bro so fear of failure is like the main reason why people don't want to be, you know, unrealistic. And the main drivers is like, people are afraid of failing. I feel like you guys could tell me if, what you think about this. But like, I feel like most people are afraid to fail because they're worried about what people will think. Right. Like, it's like, it, say you were completely alone and nobody knew you and you failed. <laughs> it might be discouraging, but it, it wouldn't really matter because like, oh, well, yeah, nobody <laughs> saw that. Like, it's like, were you trip and you're alone in your house? Right, exactly. Like, it hurt a little bit, but like, you know, nobody saw. Oh, 
I feel like the main motivation is like, oh, well, what would people think about what me? What are my parents going to think? Exactly. Oh, I didn't go after the degree my parents wanted me to go after. Exactly. So, like, I feel like like the failure thing, people are worried about what are people going to think about me. And I think that a good qualifier that you should have is, it's going to sound harsh, but it's like the deathbed thing. It's like, are they going to be at my deathbed? Mm. And if they're not, they don't deserve a say in the conversation. Wow. And even this is, this sounds dark, right? Because I I love my parents. My family is everything to me. But like even your parents, the chances are when you're at the end of your life, they'll have already passed on. So even then it's like, you know, maybe like a spouse and like a really close friend or sibling or advisor. But like at the end of the day, nobody is going to be responsible for your decisions except you. Mm Mm-hmm. And the most that they're going to do, if you regret like, oh man, I kept doing what, you know, my family wanted me to do, or I kept doing what, you know, people, I thought my friend group wanted me to do or whatever, because I didn't want them to see me fail. Like the the most that you're going to get from them, you're on your deathbed. You're like, man, I really wish I would have done it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the most you're going to get. They can't go back and fix exactly. it. This is, you know, I mean, uh, they'll be like, oh, you know, I was reading, it's too bad. I was reading an article <laughs> that, um, most people's number one regret on the hospice, the people that are in hospice or on a deathbed, is that they didn't do what they wanted to do in life. Whoa, they that's didn't, scary didn't, when you think about it. That's like it's like eighty percent plus people. That's like the number one regret. When they they did an interview, just asking, they went around the whole country. What is the number one regret? Oh, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I'm like, yo, that's like it's like more than it's literally like eighty ninety percent of the population. Hmm. That's so sad. That's so sad. But that's re- like that should be fuel. That, that should be fuel for like us to like, what do we want to do? Cause I mean, the reality is, is like, I don't know, like you're not, I've made some dumb decisions in my life and I've, I've had like failures for sure, but I've never sitting here now. I never regretted the stuff that I've done as much as I regret the stuff that I didn't do. And I feel like there was only a small window of my life where I wasn't doing things I wanted to because I was afraid of people's judgment or failure. But at this point, I'm like, bro, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid and whoever gets mad gets mad. I'm just going to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do. If it's God-given and I, it's a wise decision for my business, for my future, for my calling. Right. Because the worst thing that, that has happened in, my, in five years of doing that is financial difficulty. Walt Disney went bankrupt, I think, three times. Hmm. Ray Kroc uh, was, you know, a broke salesman until he was in his 60s. And he started the McDonald's franchise model that we have today. Um, Steve Jobs publicly let, like, got fired from Apple, started a company to rival Apple, and was like, on mic, on record, like, we're going to take you down. We're going to be better than Apple. We're going to be the next Apple. It crashed. It tanked. It was like a huge public failure. Mm. They're on the news talking about this arrogant guy failed. And then he gets signed back up with Apple and then makes the iPod and makes the iPhone and all this stuff, right? Like, and now massive success and he's in a turtleneck and high-waisted jeans and whatever. It's like, <laughs> and then, you know, he's dead, but like, rest in peace. Right. But, like, but like, all that to say, like, these people who have massive success also have massive failure. And the massive failure does not like it's worth it. It's a like the higher the rate of discipline, the higher the failure, usually the higher the success. 
Yeah. So it's just like I would rather that and like know well I tried it than like, man I wonder what would have happened if. Right. Social media was like that for me. Like I was kind of afraid to start posting consistently and like learning about content because I was like, well what if I put it out there and then it just like doesn't work. Hmm. And I just committed to a certain amount of time posting consistently. Um, since TikTok and Instagram have been around and there's so much like organic reach with that. When my album came out in October, I've like doubled everything since then. But it's because I, I feel like I pushed past the barrier of like fear. We double as in what? Instagram, TikTok, okay. Spotify monthly listeners, YouTube subscribers, everything literally doubled. So I was started at like the 50,000 range and now everything is 100,000, 150,000. Mm. Like, but what's crazy about that is like, I almost didn't do it because I was. Even after seeing success in my music, I was afraid of like, well, now I've got fans or now I've got people watching and now people in the industry. So what if I take a risk and start posting more and start doing more of this content ideas that I have and then it fails, then it's going to look bad and then they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing and da 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 it's garbage. Mm. And, um, and now I, I just ended up kind of like trying not to think about it and I just jumped. And, and like I said, now everything is just growing. And we're about to drop a song. By the time this airs, it, we'll have the song out. And it's it's one of those where I posted it before it was out. And I was afraid to do so because it's like, well, we'll see what happens. And like, I just went for it and it's gone viral multiple times. And now it's like, yeah, we're going to drop it. I've been waiting, man. Like, Yo, come on, man. Yo. Hey, we're finally here, bro. If y'all are listening, this is probably one of the most fire songs. Respectfully. Thank you, bro. Yeah, you Thank you, bro. Yeah. And again, guess who was in the video for it? <laughs> you know how to make a guest appearance again. Yes, sir. <laughs> At this point, it's tradition. Yeah. But, but like I said, um, Small steps are better than no steps. We Ooh, say that all the time. That's yeah. good. That's good. Because, you know, if you don't take no step, then nothing happen. <laughs> For real. Well, you can say small step, you can take that chance of you could probably win. But if you lose, I don't really look at it as losing. I look at it as um, learning. Yeah. You yeah. know? So what you can know, you can adapt and you can just, so you can do better next time. Yeah. And uh, what you were saying about, you know, like the failure and stuff, like, like failure is part of success, but the failure, like all those failures, like they weren't the final thing. Exactly. Like, and it's like, yeah, that sucks. But if you just keep going, then you'll reach, you know, that, that pinnacle of success or whatever. We had one of our friends on here and he said, uh, he said, keep up the failure. I don't know yeah. if you remember. Uh, our boy, uh, no, it was rap. Oh, rap. Rap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it's literally just part of the journey. It's part it's of the process. The, yeah. But you keep learning and you keep going, man. And I don't think any one of us wants to be that person that's like man i wish i you know did this or i wish mm -hmm. you know i did that or you know I, I got you know a million fans on spotify but i didn't have the courage to put out this song and yeah right you know um I had something, but I forgot. No, you good. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back to when you said, you know, you say you've been producing since you were 14? Yeah. Okay, so I don't think you really answered. How did you know that was your calling? Okay, so... Your um, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the simple factors is just it was the easiest thing that came the most naturally to me. Like, right, because I, I was playing basketball and I was doing stuff in school and I was like trying to figure out what am I going to do in my life. And... A lot of 14 year olds aren't thinking like this. I encourage them to. I feel like there's, it's like the younger you start, the better. 
Bro, you were born different, bro. Come on, bro. Hey, y'all <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> but um, I was just like, I was just like, really like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I was asking that freshman year because I was like, if I can start on it now, if I can start on it now, imagine like how much further ahead than I could be than people who are saying this after they graduate college. Mm. So well, even in your thirties, people are still for real. Like, and I was blown away by that because I'm still blown away. By that. <laughs> like, it's like I don't know. It's just, it's what you said. It's the culture that kind of curates that idea that like you're supposed to kind of I don't know like you're not supposed to really think about it till you're in your 30s and by then you have student debt and you're stuck yeah you know it's like we're on robotic mode it's like we're robots like exactly yeah. go to school for this amount of time do this and that work this job and then retire maybe retire by then the it's like yeah you won't even enjoy it <laughs> exactly. that no but like um I feel like for me I looked at it and I was like okay this is the thing that like I'm always singing. I'm always making music. Right. I'm like this is the thing that comes most naturally to me. I love playing basketball. I'm pretty good at playing basketball, but I really have to think no, about it. Not, no, that's not. crazy. <laughs> we're gonna add hey. the one-on-one clip. I'll Stop. put money on it. Stop Yo. the cap on the camera. Yeah. Hey, I, I know y'all got a bunch of Z fans, but wow. he's capping right now. Wow. Don't got a cap, bro. God, God is watching this too. That's crazy. <laughs> it's gonna make it sound like you're right when I say that I didn't choose to focus on basketball. <laughs> but like, nah, like, you, was, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I'll beat you though, bro. A week ago, right? Oh, right. Feel it. But um, that's literally like that was kind of how I looked at it. I was like, okay, well, like I love basketball. I'm good at basketball. Not according to Caleb, but I'm good at basketball to a degree. But like, it takes so much more work for me to be good at that, or to mm. be good at something in school, or to be. And I'm not saying the work side is bad. I was just saying like, what's natural to me? To you? Like, cause God, I believe God installs natural gifts to each of us. Facts. Sometimes it's not as obvious as a skill. I know some people who are freak athletes. I know some people who are like very, very book smart. They have great memories. Some people are great communicators and they're naturally great, naturally great with people. Some people are great organizers and they're great with admin. Like your gift isn't always going to be, oh yeah, she can sing really well. Or, oh yeah, he's really strong. It's not always a physical thing. There's usually something, if you're honest with yourself, that comes naturally to you that you enjoy. And if you find what you love, you'll never work again another day in your life. So figure out what you love and what you're good at, right? Cool, check. That's literally what I did. I was like, oh, well, I love music. I love listening to music. I love making music. And it kind of comes naturally to me. So if I were to do that, what would I talk about? And then that's where the stories come in. It's like, I feel like, um, who was I watching today? It was Andre 3000, literally on the way here. I, I saw this video where he was like, it's really simple with your calling. Um, he was talking about as a musician, but I think it applies to everybody. He was like, just make what you want to hear. And I feel like it's like, for me, I was like, well, nobody is making music that talks about God and that sounds like this. And I wish somebody was making this. So, you know what? I'm going to learn how to make it. Mm. And then that's why I started learning how to produce tutorials, making beats every day. I didn't put anything out till like the end of high school. But for all of my time in high school, I just kept making beats every day. Finished up school, go in my room, shut the door, learn how to make beats, make beats, make beats, write songs, write songs. It was so trash when I started. I am not lying. That's why when people tell me like, you know, if you have a gift for music and there's something natural about it and you don't, I don't know, like people, oh, I could never do that. I really disagree. I think you could. I just think that you're not willing to put in the time. Wow. Because I was, I would like, I would laugh at me 
then, which is probably not good. You probably shouldn't laugh. So I wouldn't laugh at somebody else. I would only laugh knowing it's me. But like, just I've come such a long way, and I feel like I don't know. Like that's why I started music. Like that was how I got into it. It's just because it, like I enjoyed it and I wanted to. Like I was doing it for me. I was making what I wanted to listen to, and it just turned out there were some other people who wanted that too. You know. You know. Uh, uh, there were so many points, mental points, that I see in my head. Um, it's really interesting how you were saying, oh, it's really awesome how you were saying that you were being consistent every day. Mm, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, they're almost at the finish line, but they're not consistent. Ooh. You know, the consistency. Consistency yeah. and consistency is key because you can be the most talented person in the world. But if you're not putting in the work and you're not being consistent, you, your talent is going to waste. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're talented and you work hard, it's over. With. It's over. Well, the people who aren't talented and work hard still so, win. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> they say ambition beats talent a lot of times. Yeah, time. yeah. Because the people that are really ambitious and they're putting the work, they beat the talented. You know, you remember the story of the turtle and, and the hair? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. What was it? It's a rabbit. Hey, yeah, rabbit. The hair, yeah, the yeah. tortoise and the hair. Yeah, well, I think uh, what was it? The rabbit kind of got lazy right before yeah, the finish line. He did. Yeah. He, was he was like, "Oh, like, I'm a fat. I'm he fat. Was chilling. You're just chilling." Yeah. And then, There's been so many people I've seen who had that head start, and I've been the tortoise, mm. and I'm here. I told myself I could never do that. Wow. It's like day in and day, the tortoise is like just keeps walking, just keeps going, keeps going. You will. It's that quote from Rocky where he says, "It's not how hard you can hit; it's how hard you can keep. It's yeah. how hard you can get hit and keep going forward." Wow. It's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep going forward. Mm-hmm. It's how much you can take, keep right. going forward. That's how winning is done. Facts. Yeah. It's like, how many times are you going to keep getting up? I might not be able to throw more punches than the other guy, but I'll get up more times than the other guy. Wow. You know what it's I mean? It's about how many times you can get up. I got two stories that I thought of when you were saying that. One of them, I got, I, I need to, I might not have the exact timeline right, but for the sake of the story, there was a there was another high school basketball player who was better than LeBron. I don't remember what year of LeBron's career this was, but this was the guy who was on the covers of like the Sports Illustrated, and everybody was saying he was going to be like the number one pick, and he was going to be like this chosen one, right? Right before LeBron, like it wasn't LeBron's final year because he got way more famous later in his high school career. Right. But it it was like there was this other guy who was supposed to be the main guy, and LeBron was going to sleep early. He was waking up. He was doing drills. He was practicing. He was getting better. This guy was using that clout of being on Sports Illustrated and being known in high school. And he was going to parties. And he was like, just kind of embracing the fame, right? They played each other in a game. It was some kind of tournament that was like a lot of eyes on it. And LeBron won. And after that, LeBron became the number one guy. And this guy kind of faded off. And now he does motivational speaking at schools, telling people to not, like, not waste time, but, like, keep working. Like, he goes to schools and he tells people his story as, like, a don't do what I did. Mm. You know that guy's name? No. Exactly. I'm sorry if you saw that. But, like, like, but, like, like, he says, well, he says that when he goes to these schools, he's like, I could have made the decision to instead of getting the quick rewards of this fame that I had up front, I could have made like the choice. He had the star power when LeBron was just grinding. Now LeBron has all the star power. Right. But he, what did he do? He kept showing up. Right. This guy had the advantage, the star power, the athleticism. He was older. He was bigger. Right. Keep showing up. Same thing Kobe, bro. Same thing with him. Same thing with, with Jordan getting Jordan, cut from his high yep. school team. We see examples of it every day. All bro. the time. 
bro, Brady, he was a backup. Like, right. Like these guys who make a difference, they they just keep showing up. Even in music, like the artists who have the biggest legacy, a lot of times it's just they're just so consistent. You know, um, no one wanted to take Kanye seriously as a rapper. Right, bro. I, just, that documentary is documentary so tough, That documentary is so amazing. You got to watch it, bro. It's so yeah, amazing. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. And I was like, wow. Bro, like, like think, it's crazy to see now, but like he was playing this song for people and they like they were just ignoring him. Ignoring and he's like looking around and you can tell he feels it. Like he's like, dang, like, man, they don't want to hear this. But it's like, now he's massive, but like, he was willing to like, go through those seasons and just keep right. showing up. So why shouldn't we? Exactly. And I think, I think uh, the second story is, um, this is a true story and the guy wrote a book about it. He's an insurance salesman now. He's successful. He might've passed away, but he became an insurance salesman. He became successful because of what he learned from this story that he wrote a book about. He um, was, it was during the gold rush and he bought land and went to go dig for gold. And he had it for multiple years and he finally gave up and he sold the land. And like the next month, the guy who bought the land struck it rich and became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. <laughs> and they did a they did a scan of like the land, like and they saw where he was at. He was three feet from gold. <laughs> three feet from That's gold. Tough. But like imagine in your life you're three feet from gold at all Yo. times. That's how come he became successful in sales. Because he kept the mindset like, I was three feet from gold once. I'm never going to quit again. Because hmm. three feet from gold, bro. So you ask yourself now, what if this next post is the one? What if this next podcast episode is the one? What if this next elevator conversation is the one? What if this next game is the one? What if this next sale is the one? What if this next girl or guy I meet is the one? Like. You only got to be right one time. Mark Cuban says that. You just got to be right once. Right. You know, whether it's a wife, whether it's a business, you just got to be right one time. Yeah. You know, so it's like. <laughs> so three feet from gold, bro. Wow. Just one time. For real. Because like he was saying like he had a bunch of failed startups and stuff. And then but then he was right. Right. You know, speaking of that, how did you know? All right. I. I got that song. Like, yeah. you know, I'm about to, I'm about to yeah. blow up. Like, how did you know? What was that one? What was the moment you knew? All right. God taught me was the first one and the one you were in. And it's funny because now hard work God first is the closest moment I've had to that. Which wow. is funny because that feels full circle. Like, I love stuff like that. God does that all the time. But Facts. God taught me. I had been writing all these songs to try and prove like, oh, how good I can rap or how dope I can, you know, what, like the beat that I can make. And I was like making all these songs because I had a New Year's concert coming up. It was going to be in Orlando. Is that like a restaurant that had a stage? And, you know, there's probably going to be like, there ended up being like 10 to 15 people in the crowd. But I, for me, that was like my first concert. Like, yo, I really got to kill this, right? This was before I was even going by Zanti. I was just going by my name, Zechariah. Um, and, uh, I was making all these songs, trying to like create the masterpiece, you know? Like I gotta show them that I can do this. And um, I was just getting so much writer's block, I felt discouraged and I went to sleep. And right before I went to sleep, I prayed, God, please just move me out of the way and give me the song that I'm supposed to make. And I woke up at 3.34 in the morning 
And I heard this melody when they asked me how I did it. I said, God taught me. And I just received the song. I woke up the ne- like the next morning and made it in like an hour and a half. Mixed, mastered, everything myself. Dang. And I had no, like it was that quick. Like I, I blacked out and just, it's so, it was so simple. It was so effective. And um, I just knew something was different about it. And I, what was funny is instead of trying to go through the lens of what would other people want? What would make me look like a good rapper or a good producer? I made it like, what do I like to listen to? You know what I mean? It's just like being responsible with my sound, my gift. It's like, okay, well, what's unique to me? And it just kind of happened. And when I played it at that New Year's show, I was the opener on a lineup of like seven artists. And there was only like 15 people in the crowd. But how hyped those 15 people got to that song. I remember standing there and thinking like, this is different. Like, this is it. And I was, when we put it up on YouTube, because I, by the way, I'm going to tell you this too. The three feet from gold thing is very real. I've watched it in my own life. Wait, the what? The three feet from gold okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very, Watch this, bro. This is terrifying to think about now. I thank God that I, I did what I was going to do instead of like not doing it for fear of failure. I put out the song and nobody listened to it for the first two months. The music video came out like three months later than the song. So it was under a thousand streams. It didn't even like register streams on Spotify and Apple because no one listened to it. Uh, it went out on March 23rd uh, and or March 7th. I mean, it was one of those two dates, but it was in March. And then March, April, May, nobody listened to it. And the video is about to come out. And the video was delayed too. So it was like later than it was supposed to be. The video is about to come out. I already was like nervous because this is my first music video ever. And in the middle of the night, I um, I went out on the porch and here in Tampa, I like prayed, okay, God, I give this to you because I'm scared right now. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. The next morning, because it was supposed to go out in the middle of the day, I talked to my dad because he's my business partner and we've been building this together. I was like, yo, I just, we should pull it. We should pull it. We shouldn't put it out. It's just, I don't know if it's ready. I don't think it's right. Like, we just, we shouldn't drop it, man. Like, and he, he was like, no, nah, like, we're, we're gonna drop, we need to drop it, bro. You're like, I was like panicking, like, we should pull it, we shouldn't drop it. We were projecting like our dream because the most views that that channel had that we were paying to like promote it on was 25,000 views on a video. Our dream was like, let's get 25,000 total, that would be amazing. That's how much it had the first week, bro. When I tell you. Cause that was the cat that started my career. And then God has blessed me with a lot of incredible songs and incredible moments since then, you know, tours and stuff doing well on social media and stuff going you know viral or whatever. But like, what if I had been afraid and didn't drop it? Like I, I would not be here right now. I would be like working a regular job or something because that like, I just wouldn't have made it in music. Like I wouldn't be doing music because I, that was the year that I was like, if I don't make it this year, I'm going to have to like figure something out. Hmm. I almost didn't put out the video that put me on the map. That's so crazy. The man. morning of, I was going to pull it, bro. Three feet from gold. Bruh. I praise God that I picked up the pickaxe and just, just going, three more feet, bro. Yeah. But like, that's a real example for anybody who's like stressed out or like afraid to take a risk. It's like my whole, like I've been on three arena tours. I just got back from Zambia in front of 26,000 people singing my songs. Like, God, God has this song like like trending and right. doing well. That now I like even more momentum. Right, all of those moments, all the people I've met, 
think about this too. There's people who have like been suicidal who have heard my music and it's changed their lives or there's people who are, are broken or depressed or they're going through something or they get out of prison. Like none of those people would have been reached. All the impact that I've made and gotten to be a part of wouldn't have happened if I had been afraid to take that risk. How much more so us in this moment listening to this? What are you afraid to do? Do it. What risks are you afraid to take? What steps are you afraid to take? You could be three feet from gold. I would rather you know that you tried it and maybe it didn't work out than you live with regret for the rest of your life because you get a choice to suffer the pain of discipline or to suffer the pain of regret. And discipline weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. Mm. Hey man, I need to go Texas <laughs> <laughs> Hey bro, you just Hey, come on, bro. You were on the podcast. Let's go. Hey, do it, bro. Let, let us know what she says. For real. Yeah. Dang. I feel Damn. like I can run through a wall right now. I got myself like, oh, let's go. For real. But real talk, man. If you got a girl you want to talk to, bro, you got to talk to her, man. Like, you got to say something. Bro, all of that stuff, too. Like, even like, like um, I've been doing these videos where I go up to strangers and I say, hey, listen, would you listen to my song and give me your honest opinion? That's so scary because they could tell you it's trash. They could laugh at you. It could be awkward. But even some of those videos are going viral and that's like a little conversation. So how much more so a girl that you could possibly build and live life with like or, or a guy like, you know, if, if you're if there's somebody in your life where it's like, man, I just I got to talk to him, but I'm afraid to. Worst that will happen is you get rejected and. Just keep moving. Yeah, just keep moving. I mean, the rejection is not fun, but it's like, you got to, hey, look. Hey, but I always say rejection is part of the game. Come on. You know, speaking. Well, he, turned, he turned into future real quick. Hey, <laughs> 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 that was it. I always say rejection is part of the game. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> Sensational. That's funny, bro. Um, You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, are you uh, in a... Are you married? I don't know. Are you actually, <laughs> no, you don't have to I answer. I want to be. I want to be. Okay. I'm trying to find a wife. Okay. Yeah, I'm so you here. you out here single looking? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, how's that how's that going? You know, right yeah. now everybody knows Zanti. Right. You know? yeah. I know there's a lot of young ladies that would like to be <laughs> your girl or your yeah, wife. Picture. You know, uh, Mrs. Zanti. Mrs. Yeah. Zanti. Yeah. So how do you balance that life? You know, how do you? Control yourself and yeah. you know, stay disciplined and like I have fallen um, to temptation and stuff like that. Bro, I have some uh, incredible mentors who are either in ministry or in music, and I've learned from them. There's little things I do to kind of set myself up for success, like multiple people logged in on my socials. I also never travel alone. Not even you know, like say I get tempted to be distracted or say I'm good, but somebody can still lie about you or you right. know. Say, well, you know, like, I ha I like having somebody to verify that, hey, I was just working, bro. You can't lie about me. I was literally working. Like, shout out Goose. He's over there, but we travel uh, together. I'll travel with my pops. But, like, for me, when it comes to looking for my partner, um, when I was younger, it was all about, like, the attraction side. I'm like, oh, man, I just she want bad. to find this girl. Bro, she got to be bad. And, like, but right now, it's like, who can I build with? And I know it sounds corny. Like, oh, yeah, you're just trying to sound like for the podcast. But the reality <laughs> is... The most important decisions you can make in your life is one, are you going to follow God or not? And then two, who are you going to spend life with if, you get, if you're trying to get married? Because that person has like the most impact. That's a deathbed person. That's somebody who will be there for you in those moments. And their voice will impact you and, and matter. You see how many people who, you know, 
maybe had a dream, but like their spouse or their, their relationship was wearing them down or like didn't believe in them or wasn't willing to make the sacrifices. I know an artist who had a lot of momentum and was killing it. And um, his, his girl was the reason, actually his wife at the time was the reason why he had to slow down and he lost his momentum and he couldn't continue to be an artist because it was like, the, oh, you gotta stop working so hard and whatever. I want to be obsessed with my calling. So for me, it's like finding somebody who, who understands that and wants to partner with that. Um, and it's still, you know, bad. So hundred <laughs> percent agree. I, if you're not obsessed with what you're doing, you, you need to do it with your purpose, then you're not going hard enough. Exactly. Obsession is viewed as a bad thing because it's not normal. Right. But I feel like if obsession with calling, no, normal, yeah, bro, forget normal in general. Like I feel like, um, desire to be normal. Uh, is is something I struggled with for a minute because I never was part of the circle. I always felt like everybody else was in on the joke or everybody else was... Anomaly. Exactly. But it's like, the reality is, is like, maybe you were outside the circle so you could leave the circle. Dang. The sheepdog is not one of the sheep. I've never said that in my life. That was hard. I can't even lie. Hey, like, no lyric. Like, new lyric. For real. Like, But like, think about it. Like, The sheepdog has a specific role. And if he was just like the sheep, then he couldn't he couldn't follow out his role. So like those of us who feel like, man, why why is why is something different about me or it's gonna be uncomfortable to make decisions. Oh, this is gonna hurt too, cause like my siblings can't come with me. Or that that girl that I'm dating right now, she doesn't understand she can't come with me on the journey. That hurts so much, but a hot air balloon has to drop the sandbags before it can rise. Mm. So the reality is, is you can't take everybody with you, no matter how much you want to. I've tried, bro. I've tried to drag people with me. Like, I want to put you on. I want to take care of you. I believe in you. I care about you. And it just, if somebody's not meant for a season, they won't come to that season. It is what it is. So you got to be obsessed. You can't choose to be normal. Yeah, we've had friends that we have kind of had to drop just because they were not on the same path that we were. Mm -hmm. And like, whether it was like, oh, they got a girlfriend and they just kind of disappeared or you know, they were doing something that, you know, I just didn't like. I'm like, bro, I, I don't agree with you. I can't, we can't continue to be close if you're doing that. Yeah. And like, that's, that's just a part of it. If they don't have the same vision, if they're not on the same path as you, then it's like, well, then I guess I'll see you around. Yeah. I'll rack, I'd like, I feel like the way to look at it is like, I'd rather walk alone to the top than like in a crowd to the bottom. So it's like, <laughs> like the reality is like, the crowd will drag you to the for bottom. For real, it's like, because cause people's energy matters like it impacts you you know who you be, who you're around you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and that is so true so yeah. it's, I, I had to change my circle completely like last year it was like a, a focus is like just kind of ended up having naturally but like I saw so much growth and so much difference when I changed my circle and it matters especially if you're in the starting points like I've got motion now like I have things that are working for me but when I had nothing working for me in the beginning, I had to completely shift how I spent my time, who I was around, and all I was thinking about, all I was talking about is that vision and that calling. It's like, that's again, that's that obsession with it. And when you when you talk about finding like a partner like that, like who you're gonna marry is, you know, they need to be aware of that and understand it and be willing to commit to it. And that's a valuable thing. That's very rare. It makes it easier to narrow down the people because now not only is it just like oh am I attracted to them but that takes an even narrower group of people who are like down yeah. for the calling especially a, a, a man like you that's you know 
traveling, you got a lot of fans, you know, mm. you going everywhere, you know, you're going to need a partner that can understand the vision. Yeah. You know, that one like, eh, no, see, stay home with me when you're you, traveling. <laughs> you ever watch like those like, uh, like the mafia movies or whatever, like um, The Godfather or like stuff like that. And the wife is always like, you know, he, he's over here building an empire for right. her and the kids. Right. And then he wants to get out, but she's always like, you gotta stop. Like, I don't understand. And he's like, I, I'm like, I'm almost done. Just let me finish it out. Right. Yeah. And then we can enjoy it. Exactly. And then she like leaves because you're never home. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was talking to you earlier. Do you, do you remember the last Batman movie? Did you watch the last oh, one? Oh yeah. Oh, the, the um, one, um, the one that just came out. Yeah. The three hour long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. At the end, of, it's my favorite part. Because <laughs> this is a book I love. I, and I, I think every man should read. Yeah. It's called The Way to Superior Man. Okay. It's like, most important after the Bible. Phenomenal. The way the superior man. Yeah. And it always says your purpose must come first. Mm. Especially. That's good. Your purpose must come first. And at the end of the movie, Batman was about to leave. No, no. Catwoman wanted to <laughs> come with me. Come with yeah, me. Yeah. And it's like, no. Nah, I gotta stay. stay. <laughs> that, that, that to me was so hard. I love that. Because yeah. he knew hard. his purpose. Like, real tough. You, know, you know, like you were saying, like, Catwoman if you don't understand. Too, bro. Oh, it's it's <laughs> come first and you know that's, that's the thing for a lot of especially a lot of young men because we, we shot you know we have our men's conference once a month we talk to a lot of young guys and stuff like that you know just trying to build you know a good great empire yeah of, you know good men good people around us and that's like one of the things we preach about like purpose comes first like yeah. sometimes like you were saying like if she don't understand your purpose or the person doesn't understand your purpose mm-hmm. then Sorry, you know, you can't take, you know, an elevator, you can't take everything to the top. That's mm. good. Ooh, dang. Man, that's hey, a bar. Hey, hey, yo, add me on your list. I want some publishing. Um, well, like, because the Looks purpose writer. is, the purpose <laughs> for, the purpose takes care of, of the family anyways. Mm. It's like, that's what, like, I pray that God brings me somebody who understands that me walking in my purpose is what's going to build us the home. It's going to wow. get us the homestead. It's going to, you know, take care of the kids and give them a good example. And it's going to make a difference while I'm here. And like if, if uh, friends or family or a relationship, if they can't understand that the purpose is, you know, of course, God using that purpose, but the purpose is what's going to provide for all of it anyways. It's like the purpose has to come first, not because you don't love your wife or not because you don't love your family, but because you love them, the purpose has to come first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the purpose has to come first if you care about them. My dream, and I will do it, is to build a homestead for my family. To have homes for my siblings, for my parents, to get land and build the empire enough to where it can sustain that. But my purpose has to come first. And my mom is amazing. She's taught me so much. But the reality is there are times that she misses me. There's There are times where she wants me to slow down. There are times where she, you know, I've missed birthdays or I've missed events or I, you know, I'm gone for long periods of time or, you know, I'll, I'm moved out and I'll live in another state or I'll be like, and and I it pains me to see her feeling like the sadness of I miss you, but I know that the purpose comes first because I love her, because I'm going to build this for our family. And in the same sense, it's like uh, how much more so when you have a wife and kids how much more so, like, if your intentions are right, a real man accepts responsibility is what my pops always told me. He's like, 
My dad said a real man accepts responsibility, rejects passivity, leads courageously, and expects the greater all right, reward. All right, God's right, reward. Right. Hey, bro. So you have a responsibility. Hey, 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 run it back. Real talk. Yeah. Real talk, man. Yeah. Come on. He made that. Uh, he made us memorize that. He said a real man accepts responsibility, rejects passivity, leads courageously, and expects the greater reward. God's reward. Bro. I think, like, especially the, the I mean, all of it is amazing. But I think the second one rejects passivity, man. Yeah. Like, jeez, like, man. Like, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know, maybe society, like, whatever, just wants us to be so passive, just kind of accept everything. Mm. And to some degree, like, you want to accept things that happen. Like, if somebody dies, you know, somebody leaves, of course, you got to accept. But you can't, you don't have to necessarily accept circumstances thing. exactly your circumstances like if you get fired well I guess I'm not supposed to have a job <laughs> go get another job you know yeah. like well if she left me I'll stay single forever like <laughs> no yeah bro work he on his future stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know he's like next <laughs> <laughs> you get that look in his eye yo but yeah I, I think that's something that I struggle with just Passivity, just like, oh, well, I guess I'll just, you know, I'll just deal with it. I'll just accept what life gives me. But I'm like, you know, I don't have to. I I, I feel like I'm destined for more and I don't have to accept everything that comes my way. I don't have to accept exactly. the, the first girl that, you know, just happens to like me, even though she doesn't check off all the boxes. Well, it's a girl. She likes me. It's like, no, I don't have to just accept that. I don't have to accept the first job. I don't have to, you know, I can continue <laughs> to grow. And improve myself. It makes me think of when I was to this day, but like my mom, um, she she would always like you know, hey, uh, when I was a kid, you want to watch a movie tonight or do you want to play video games? And I would always be like, could I do both? Like that mindset of like, well, what if I did thirty minutes of one, thirty minutes of the other? Like just kind of always, like I'm content, I'm grateful for what I get. But I always believe, like, if it's possible to get the best of something, why wouldn't you aim for that? It's like you said, like, you don't have to settle for the first thing that comes your way. If you feel like God has said this is your promise, don't you believe that he would keep his promises? Hmm. It's almost disrespectful to God if he's given promises to you and he's showed you what you're destined for if you settle for less. You're almost saying, I don't believe that you're really powerful enough to give me what you said you'd give me. Because his word says that he'll bring you the spouse that you're supposed to live with, or he'll bring you, you know, uh, Proverbs, I have it tatted right here, Proverbs 21, one through seven, is David thanking God. King David, he's like, um, you've given me riches, you've given me glory. Through the king, he said the king's glory is great because of you. You've given me fame, you've given me blessing, a crown of gold for my head, health and life for long years. He says like all of this great stuff. And he's like, but it's because I trust in the Lord. And the reality is, is like, if you settle for less than that, one, you're going to feel resentment and regret about it for the rest of your life. But two, you don't trust that God is big enough to keep his word. And that's disrespectful. Don't so you, trust that God is big enough to keep his word. Right. Like he, he said, you're his child and he's going to give you good gifts. And I know for me, like I recommend spend time, a lot of time in prayer and say, what is my calling? What are your gifts for me? Like. You know, like figure out like what are the things you want out of life. For me, it's simple. I look at these pictures every morning. I have a morning routine where I'll, I'll wake up, I'll kneel by the bed and pray. And I say, not my will, but yours be done. 
I read Zechariah 3, 7, which is if you obey me and you, you follow me, then I'll give you free access to those standing here. He was talking about God's presence, the throne room. So if I, if I just do the right thing, God's going to listen to me and I'll be able to hear him. And then I, I say my goals and I look at the pictures of uh, the homestead. I look at the pictures of the stadiums. So, you know, what's crazy is I was looking at that picture of the, the African crusades where there's like 30,000 people and I was looking at it every morning and then I just did it like wow. two weeks ago. So it's like, now I'm going to, I got to get a new one, but it's like, like I wanted to go overseas to the world, do the music. Wow. Now, now I'm going to do stadiums in the U S watch. You can, you can use this as a time capsule in three years from now or, or, or less. I'll be doing stadium tours, headlining arenas, and you guys can come out to the Tampa show, plug the podcast or something, right? But like, <laughs> but like, but like, I just, I truly believe that like, like God's gonna keep His word. If you figure out what that word is, what He wants to promise you, He'll He'll do it. And if I were to settle and say, you know what, maybe I should stop doing music because I don't see any possible way to get to headlining arenas. That feels insane. Then I don't trust that He's big enough to to keep his promise and do what he said he's going to do. And there will be people who will be like, well, God, you know, life isn't easy if you're a Christian and, or, or if you trust mm-hmm. God or, you know, God isn't required. He's not Santa Claus. Look, bro. Yeah, he's not Santa Claus in the sense that he doesn't give you just like whatever you want when you ask. But he told the parable, Jesus told the parable of the talents where he gives you something and he says, here's this coin. What are you going to do with it? And the guy who buries the coin out of fear, he gets mad at that guy. But the guy who takes the coin and go gets more coins, he blesses that guy. So God is not Santa Claus, yes. It's not a prosperity gospel of like, oh, God's going to give you. Exactly. God is a, here's some talents and some gifts. Here's some stories that I let you walk through. You lost a loved one. You were made fun of in school. You struggled. Cool, that's your training to go inspire somebody. So what are you going to do with the stories? And what are you going to do with the gifts? And if you bury it because you're afraid of failure, you got me to deal with. But if you trust me that I keep my word, let's go. That's amazing. The church today, man. That's amazing. Wow. You know, you said basically I can break it down to like three: uh, faith, believe, and vision. Mm. Because you know you need faith. Yeah. Believe in God, and you need to believe that He will accomplish the things you that. He say you would do if you put in the work. Yeah. So you you know God gives us resources, but it's up to us to put in the work. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna apply for for a job. Or I'm not gonna work on my business. God is gonna reward you successfully. Mm. That doesn't work. And envision because you have these goals that you you say you look at. Yeah. You know, it's pictures that you look at. Yeah. Which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, all these three combinations: faith, believe, and vision. That's what I got from what you That's said. That's dope, man. I like that. Yeah. And like, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is the end of the podcast, but I think just like the sum of everything that we just said with that amazing example is like, you literally fail when you don't do anything. Mm. And the people that were in hospice or about to die, they're like, oh man, I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. And like, that's the main thing is people are just so afraid to not do anything. You're saying that he gives us a little bit. And if we just use that little bit, man. Like, no matter what it is, like, we can do something. Small steps are better than no steps. But we have to do something. We can't mm. just be freaking passive and do nothing, bro. Like, that's just... that. I feel like that's so near and dear to me because for a long time, I think I was passive. And I was so afraid to do anything. 
and to put things out or you know post content like you because you know um for like our channel like oh should we post this or you know with the views and things like that and it's like the greatest failure is doing nothing yeah and people just need to know that it doesn't matter how big or small it is like you just have to keep going in the right direction man three feet from gold exactly wow you know you uh while you were talking you know you were mentioning your parents a lot which is awesome that you have such a great support system was there any form of like uh, z do you really want to do this you want to <laughs> do music like come on you don't want to go to school was there any or were they always a hundred percent supportive with the goal if you're comfortable with that. I was very blessed to have my my parents um, believe in it and be supportive. I know that's not the case for everyone. I've literally, like, I had a homie who wanted to start music, and I gave him the advice of, like, bro, like, he was like, shit, well, my, should I go to college? My parents really want me to go to college, or should I do this music thing? I was like, look, you got to make the decision, okay? You can't blame me if it doesn't work out. But, like, <laughs> the reality is, is, like... It, what would you regret not doing and what would you feel like resentment if you did and he didn't end up going to school he's like i gotta do music and now god has opened huge doors he's been very successful in music and in content and video and but like he had that crossroads right and and i think um for me i feel like i, I did have family members who didn't see it as realistic my parents and my siblings were always super supportive um my my grandparents were supportive too they i mean i think like they wanted me to go to college or whatever like but they were also like they believed in it when I started doing it. They're just like, okay, they didn't quite understand it. They're like, they're like okay, exactly. You know, if you want to, okay, cool. And then they would help, you know, right. help support it whatever way they could. And they they would encourage me. But uh, I did have family members. There's some family members that I have, bro, who I've, I've done like eight to twelve shows in Tampa, and they've never come. Like, there's pe- there's people that I like just because of jealousy or you know they didn't believe in it, and and then when it worked, it was like. There was resentment there. So it's like some people, it's going to be your immediate family, like parents who want you to be more realistic. What I, my perspective, so I don't get like angry at people who don't get it or like get angry at hateful comments or angry at the friends who try to like, you know, make fun of you for trying to make a difference. Because I have friends like that too. Not my friends anymore, but you know. (laughs) But like, um, there's two things that I kind of would give the advice to somebody uh, who, you know, because I'm assuming you're saying, like, what if somebody's dealing with that, where they're like family or what mm-hmm. isn't supportive? First, there's this thing that Kanye said a few years ago is like, um, if you're around people who act like you aren't who you are, you'll forget who you are. Oh, I saw that on Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that clip a few days ago. It's like, I thought about that. And then I think about the friends who I'm around, right? I'll use Caleb as an example of a positive. Whenever I've been around him, one, he sh- she shows love and he supports, but his his language is always from an encouraging place. I see you, man. Like, you're working hard. You're doing whatever, right? Versus, oh, you forgot where you came from. Like, yeah, I'm not good. You know, like, the, there's, peop- there's people who literally, they'll, like, on some just, like, trying to, hey, oh, somebody's got to keep you humble. Somebody's got to remind you. I'm dealing you. with that right now. Bro, mm-hmm. Listen, man, the, this is the, okay, this makes me angry. This is the biggest, 
the, 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 it's so garbage and it's such a lie. It's a disguise for insecurity, insecurity and like kind of, it's like low key hating. The, the friend who's like, somebody's got to keep you humble. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. I got, I got somebody else who's with me on the journey right. who can say, hey Z, you're tripping. You know, I, Goose will tell me or my dad will tell me like, you are not the person. I didn't, I didn't pay you to do that. I didn't ask you to, you know, like you haven't been part of the journey. Like, so I feel like there's those kinds of people too. And the reality is, is like, if you're around that group too much, that group of people will almost make you feel like ashamed or apologetic for what you want to do that's different. Or like the people who kind of like don't respect you or they kind of diminish like, right. They're, they're doing that out of insecurity, but it'll, you know, it'll make you forget. I've been around like a label or a manager or stuff who they, they're like literally saying things like you gotta, you know, you're not the chosen one. Cause that means other people aren't chosen. Like, no, I'm showing them I'm the chosen one. Cause they're the chosen one too. Or you're not right. a rock star. Why are you saying you're a rock star? Mm. Like I'm, I'm saying it because I believe that someday I will walk these things out. And now I have, and I want uh, somebody else to be confident because they see me doing it. Like That's I'm, I'm just a normal observing. guy. Walk as a king. Exactly, bro. Walk as a king, bro. Because I got to show them what it means to be a king so they can have the confidence to do it too. So, like, like one, yeah, you got to be very careful the people who are acting like you're not who you are. I know who I am now and nobody can tell me different. But the, and that confidence has to be so bold so somebody else watching this can feel that confidence and that kickstart too. But what I was going to say is like, um, the reason why I don't get angry at those people anymore is because a lot of times they're either dealing with self-hatred or it's just the only way they know how to show love. So what I mean by that is like a, a parent or a grandparent who's like, well, you know, maybe you should go to college or maybe you should, or like you're being foolish right now. Like say there, so you got like a, a mom or dad who's like, you should go to school and what you're doing isn't realistic. And you know, this is the only way they know how to show love. Right. Cause it's the way they receive love. So the only way they know how to show love is to tell you to do it the way that they think is best. Cause they care about you. That's some people. So I don't get mad at those people. I just say, look, I really appreciate you, but I know what I need to do. And then you just got it. Like they'll be disappointed or they'll be angry, but it's just because they love you. And that's the only way they know how to show love. And then the other side of the coin is people who are so insecure of themselves and they wish they would go for the thing that's three feet from gold and they see you doing it. I had a friend apologize to me last year and he told me, dude, I was hating on you when you were growing because every time I saw you win, it reminded me that I never chased my dream. But that's it. He said those words. Every time I saw you win, it reminded me that I wasn't chasing my dream. You know, he's one out of many people that want um, props of him that he, you know. Right. That's, that's yeah. so, which I respect him for that. Right. And he's killing it now because he, like, he, he changed it and, like, decided to be inspired by it. But so many people are living from that place. So why would I be mad at you? Either you love me and this is the only way you know how to tell me, you know, this is the only way you know how to show love. Or... You're just really upset with yourself. And I just, I kind of pity you for that. Like, I just, man, I really, I hope you figure it out, man. Right. Leaving a paragraph under my post talking about how trash this is or how it's not God enough or whatever. Are you serious? Like, somebody like that, it's like, well, look, man, I just, and that's, it's not the same person, but like somebody with that comment, like, man, you really, I'm sorry that you don't have your life together yet and you, the only satisfaction you can get is hating others. I really pray that you that you choose to pursue your callings. Because it's never going to come from somebody who's excited about where they're at in life. Yeah. Even successful people who hate on other successful people are usually like wishing they were at that level. Right. Exactly. They're usually punching up. Exactly. You know? 
And, and then the people who are hired, they either respond or they just sometimes right. they don't even acknowledge it. I always say, like, if you're so busy and focused on what you need to do, you don't have time to be mm-hmm. going hating on all the people's comments. Like, My dad would mm-hmm. tell me, like, hey, no response is the best response. Just, like, Facts. chill. Facts. You know? Like, you know, you, oh, yeah. You, well, you're probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought of some good ones, too, bro. I'll type it out. I'll just delete it. He knows. I was at the airport, and, and I deleted a story that I was going to post. I did no, a rant, no and I was going to post it because there was some paragraph comments under a post I did. I'll just tell you what it was. Shoot. Uh, I, had, I had done a concert, and at the concert, I, I baptized the guy. He got saved and baptized at a show. They had like a like a pool thing there and so he got saved and baptized that's something if you especially if you're a christian that's something to be celebrated right this guy just came into the kingdom and then it was a show recap after that i'm doing signatures and stuff so two things happen i signed a guy's forehead right because a lot of times kids will be like can you sign my head or can you sign my arm or whatever right his thing was literally this other kid that got baptized too so i couldn't sign his shirt i couldn't sign his arms or whatever so his forehead was all that was dry and he begged please sign my forehead okay cool that's one thing that happened in the recap video and the other thing is i said i baptize you in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit right the guy left paragraphs in the comments of like why are you putting a z on somebody's forehead that's the occult you must be <laughs> satanic and then he's also talking about some well, you know, you didn't say the name of Jesus the right way when you baptized and you didn't do it exactly like you should have said each of their names in like traditional Hebrew and all this stuff. What? It's like a pair. I'm not exaggerating. There was one person who left four paragraphs.